there, pretties. It's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And a really sweet guy with a deep voice to give you a... Uh, oh, yes. Just a quick warning. Yes, the Chrissy and Heather show contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and nonsense. If you're averse to any of these ingredients, the Chrissy and Heather show may not be for you. So talk to your doctor and all your friends about this program. Let's get into it. Hey, Chrissy. Hey, Heather. It's Friday. It's Friday. We made it another week of quarantine um, life. Quarantine 2020. Yeah. What, what was it you called it? Oh, the Quarantine Chronicles. <laughs> yes. That should be the new name the for quarant- our show, <laughs> the Quarantine Chronicles. We made it through another week of the quarantine. Yes, and, we did. Um, you know, who knows what's, what's ahead. But as we discussed in the last show, you know, everything is moving along the trajectory of our grief yes. processing. Mm-hmm. And so wherever you are in your grief process... Um, you know, we we see you and we are there with you. Um, I do have a little bit of housekeeping. Come back later, please. Housekeeping. Our loyal listeners may have noticed that last week we promised a guest. Right, we did. We have had to reschedule our guest Paula for obvious reasons um, because of the quarantine and whatnot. So we are rescheduling. Yes. And I, I was sad when I listened to the episode where we announced her because I, 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 I re-listened to that and I was like, oh my gosh, we're so excited. We were so excited. So excited. And we're, we're going to remain excited. It's just going to be anticipation yeah, now yeah. for a future good thing. So we don't know quite when it's going to be, but it will be um, forthcoming. So so stay tuned for that. Um, we didn't forget. And, and sorry, Paula, but we're glad that she's home safe. And we didn't, um, you know, we're, we're trying to follow the rules. So we're, we're limiting our social interaction as much and, as we can. And thank you to Paula for um, giving you and I instructions on how to update our Zoom backgrounds. <laughs> Uh, she went on. Uh, <laughs> she went on one of your social media posts, and I had put a comment up saying that I wanted to know how to do it, and she sent detailed instructions. So I'm going to be learning to do that. Well, yeah, because now my uh, Zoom background is Legoland. I saw it looks amazing. Yeah, it's tremendous. I didn't realize that I was at Legoland until I turned it on and was at Legoland, and mm-hmm. I could not figure out how to take it off. I really want to put my son on Legoland for his, um, especially. Because he wanders around my house a lot, and I would rather have Legoland than whatever every happening. detail of my home. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Well, okay. So we are still in the global pandemic. Uh, we don't know when we're going to peak. We don't know what is ahead. But you know what? That's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I actually have some good news. I like good news. Yeah. The good news is... We know how to do this. We know how to do this. Believe it or not, this is not our first global pandemic. <laughs> okay. We've been here before. Like, we've done this before. Like, you know, we were talking um, in a previous show about what was like life like during, you know, different times when we've had rationing, different times when we've had, um, like, the flu pandemic, or mm-hmm. we've had, like, yellow fever, or we've had the plague, and, like... There have been times in history when we have experienced this before. Like we the know how we. to do it. the collective the historical we. we, yeah, human Homo race. sapiens, right? And in fact, I have come across a poem that was written in 1869 
by um, a woman named Kathleen O'Mara. Um, and it was this was during the cholera pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then it was reprinted in 1918 during the flu pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I you're th- bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. Here we go. And so I want I'm going to read this poem. And I wonder if you will see any parallels to the way that life is now. I love this. Let's go. Okay. So this is, keep in mind, 1869, the cholera pandemic. And people stayed home and read books and listened. And they rested and did exercises and made art and played and learned new ways of being and stopped and listened more deeply. Someone meditated, someone prayed, someone met their shadow. And people began to think differently and people healed. And in the absence of people who lived in ignorant ways, dangerous, meaningless, and heartless, the earth also began to heal. And when the danger ended and people found themselves, they grieved for the dead and made new choices and dreamed of new visions and created new ways of living and completely healed the earth just as they were healed. That's lovely. And you have a lovely reading voice. I really liked that. It was very soothing. I almost did the last episode. I was just going to come read Robert Frost poetry. Um, (laughs) So um, I really like that. And I saw that floating around online, but I didn't realize at all that it was not something that like, you know, Oprah or someone made up Mm -mm. yesterday, you know? No, no. A um, a visionary poet, Kathleen O'Mara, wrote that in 1869. And and as I read through it, um, and it was accompanied by a photo that was taken during the Spanish flu pandemic of two women walking down a sidewalk wearing face masks. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I'll put the picture in the show notes where I'll put it on our Facebook page so y'all can see. I like that. Because um, it was really cool. And, you know, I thought about, as I read through this, I thought about um, they made art and played. And I thought about the chalk, mm-hmm. the sidewalk chalk patterns um, yeah. that are that are being um, drawn all over and um and i've thought about the someone met their shadow mm-hmm. you know of, of those who are um at home facing a reality that they might have been trying to hide from for a while um the earth began to heal you know looking at some of the good news mm-hmm. um about the ecological Pollution and yeah yeah mm-hmm. the impact of of our lack of travel and um, they made new choices and dreamed of new visions and found themselves. And I found a lot of parallels to what we are now experiencing as if it was new. This is not new. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a it's cycle. It's new to us. It's new yeah. to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a cycle of mm-hmm. humanity yeah. that we're in. And that was comforting. It is. It's 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 also interesting to think where we just were a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
because it sounds like there was this moment of reflection and a moment of we're going to take better care of things and we're going to, you know, like we're going to isolate and we're going to do all these things. And we got right back. We screwed it up again. Yeah. We, we you know, what are we, 150 years later, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, we, we had ramped all the way back up. And it, yeah, we screwed it all up again. But that's also, it's hopeful, you know, because it can feel right now like this is how it's going to be forever. You know, and we're going to be in quarantine forever. And I start, I found myself thinking this morning on the drive here, even if it's two years, even if it's like, that's still not, I don't know. When I went and did my hike in Spain, I was gone for six weeks and I was away from my children for six weeks. And I remember saying continually, that's a blip on the radar mm-hmm. of our life together. Yeah. And even two years, yes, it's two years, it's 24 months of a life, but hopefully it's a blip on the radar, you know, and we learned something from it. I uh, mentioned previously that I've been enjoying family walks mm-hmm. and we were exiting our driveway the other day and kind of going onto our loop. And my eight year old was ahead of us on his scooter and I was walking alongside my husband and it was, I mean, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful scene. And I thought, I'm going to miss this. Yeah. And then part of my brain said, why does it have to go? Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we've been talking about, you know, when things get back to normal. And there are some things that I want to go back to normal. You right. Know, I want mm-hmm. to be able to go to my favorite pizza place and have my favorite beer and, you know, sit out on the patio and do that. I want mm-hmm. that. But there are some things that I don't want back. Right. You know, and and so I wonder if there are things that we all have the awareness of in wherever you are in the process of um, of grief, you know, and adjusting and getting to acceptance where you can recognize there are some things about this that I'm looking forward to coming back. And there are some things that I really want to not have come back or you know if you think about it the other way there are some things that i'm looking forward to having stay away yeah Mm -hmm. and i don't want back and so i wonder um when we go back to normal will we and i feel like that was powerful when we go back to normal will we well well little miss philosopher (laughs) (laughs) let's hear more normal wasn't working that great right you know and we were overextended yes Mm-hmm. How before this happened, the news, at least the news he- headlines that I see, which are mostly health related, mm-hmm. was about Americans being overworked, overtired, overweight, overstressed. Mm-hmm. We now have we the universe seems as if it is pressing a reset button on us. I can see that. And I wonder whether we're going to take the opportunity to write the ship so that we don't end up having to learn this lesson again, like we did in 1869, like we did in 1918, which is not that far off from the Roaring Twenties right? that we mm-hmm. say we're having a resurgence of. Mm-hmm. Is this the time when we get it right? At least in our lifetime, and then... <laughs> 150 years later. Yeah. And so I have a. It's time for a true confession. 
You are forgiven, my child. Bless her heart. I don't hate this. Mm. And I feel guilty for that. And the reason why I feel guilty for enjoying this experience is because um, there are there are some who are sacrificing everything. Right. I understand for that. me to have mm-hmm. this enlightened philosophical experience. Uh-huh. My friend across the street drives to work at the hospital every day. Yeah. And, you know, my friends who work in healthcare are not enjoying this experience. But, Heather, A, that's who you are. You always are looking for the lesson. In fact, we've been told on this show that sometimes we are looking for the lesson in everything so much that it, you know, drives people nutty. But um, you're always looking for the lesson. You're always focused on the positive. And you're curious. You're a person who wants to learn and a person who wants to grow. And, you know, this is a new experience and it gives, it, it provides opportunity. You know, it provides an opportunity for that. And even those healthcare workers who aren't enjoying this, it's a very high stress. It's a very, you know, daunting thing. They can't, while we're in it, process it the way that we can being outside of healthcare. But their time to really learn from this and to look back on this is still ahead, you know, and, and I think that all of us have an opportunity here. You know, some of us are in the thick of it right at the moment, and some of us won't get to do it for a while. But you're right. It's a, it's a learning experience for everybody. And we can we can hate the things that are happening around us, and we can be scared of those things. But we can also keep our eyes open to the exciting opportunity, you know, to to grow and change here. I agree. And I think that if there is something that I can do um, – it is to help people stay calm and resilient and mm-hmm. use the skills that we already have um, to make sure that the medical offices are not being overrun um, with with people who are dealing with things other than coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I in my um, in my healthy living group, the good life that I that I run through my coaching business um, last week ended up being a whole kind of series of that I ended up calling living weird. (laughs) And it was because my brain was in such a weird place, you Mm -hmm. know, Uh, I was like somewhere still in like bargaining, you know, like my brain was in a weird place. I couldn't settle. I couldn't get comfortable. Yeah. And I realized that it was because I was trying to push the vision that I'd created for myself before this happened. And then I was, and I realized I needed to have a new vision. Yeah, you couldn't reconcile the before with the now. Yeah. I kept mm-hmm. trying to shove old life into new circumstances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I had to kind of just like toss out everything that I thought was going to happen and live in the weird. And I ended up with three steps mm-hmm. that I shared with my members, and I'd like to share them on the show today. Great. Okay. Now here's part of the show where Chrissy and Heather tell us what to do. Well, might I recommend? So um, the first one, well, first is, and I think this probably all falls into the category of acceptance. This is a method that I use for acceptance when it comes to the grief process. And I realized that people who have gone through trauma really have the upper hand. Because they, they've developed skills over the course of their life. 
to be able to either, you know, to compartmentalize their feelings and to be able to and sometimes shut feelings off and deal with them later or to be able to mold them into new experiences. Not necessarily that they have the upper hand in doing things in a healthy way, but that they have experience coping in some way. Yes. They may be coping totally inappropriately. They may be. Or if they've had good therapy and good counseling, then they may have learned the coping skills from previous traumatic experiences that are now becoming very handy and they're able Mm -hmm. to now teach those to others. Yes, I do think that's very true. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing is to let weird be weird. Mm -hmm. Let it be weird. You know, a lot of times we, when we feel like things are strange and weird and uncomfortable, that unsettled feeling that we have, it's because we are expecting situation to adhere to what we have decided is okay. Mm -hmm. And that once we let go of that and we give weirdness permission to be weird, then our workload decreases dramatically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so being able to just accept when things are weird and not having the answer and not expecting ourselves to have the answer, but to be able to sit with that feeling and allow it to exist. Yeah. And I think that um, acknowledging that, I, I remember the story you told me about your dad saying, I've never had a teenage daughter before. Right. And I, you know, I didn't know what to do with this. And I think that acknowledging that and, you know, saying that to other people in, in a situation like this, we say, I don't know. I don't know what to do right here. I've never done this before. And there's, there's power in that admission. I love that there's power in letting go mm-hmm. of needing to be in control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what that weird feeling is. Mm-hmm. And I think the time a couple of weeks ago or for the past few weeks when we were both, when, or all of us are really just kind of wandering around like, what do we do? Mm-hmm. It's because things are weird. Yeah. And I definitely longed for a sense of control and how do I, you know, like I'm I'm used to being able to fairly well control my environment and the activities and people I'm not controlling people you know but you know what I mean like I'm able to you know to move things around to make the best of what I need and to replace part a with you know part x if that's Mm -hmm. a better fit and you know in this case we don't have that we don't have that you know and we have to learn to accept that you're absolutely right Mm -hmm. and and i think we forget that we have the capacity to do that if we are okay with feeling weird right Mm -hmm. you know and just letting letting that feeling be valid and but without needing to change it yeah Mm -hmm. and so that's the first step let it be weird weird Mm -hmm. happens weird exists weird has happened and existed way before us before we showed up on the scene things have been weirder than this and we got through it right okay And so once you accept that things are weird, uh, you may still have that very human instinct to do something about it. Yeah. Okay. Like that's where we were headed. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, and in some cases, the instinct is to go get something to eat (sighs) or to go get something to drink. It's something to To find something soothing to soothe you. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I believe that the real power and growth comes from when you allow it to be open. 
and just be open. Mm-hmm. But that can feel really weird. Mm-hmm. And, and it can feel really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so a nice um, bridge is mindfulness. Yeah. Noticing, um, I like to think about change and transition in like this weird place that we are as being like a doorway Mm -hmm. okay and if you think about the doorway having like radio waves all around it or like some type of energy you know like there's some kind of squiggly things outline around the doorway and when you you are on one side of the doorway and then you can see that there's something on the other side of the doorway and you have to go through the door Mm mm-hmm and when you're going through the door, it's loud and chaotic and weird and disorienting. And there's all kinds of electricity and energy. And you just have to get through it. Kind of like when you see somebody running across coals. Like a fun house? Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, you know, you, you're in a good place again. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, there's tons of ways that you could think about that. That could be the grief process. You know, that could be, you know, any any type of, of learning curve, mm-hmm. you know, is when things feel weird. I don't have control over this. I'm not in my comfort zone. I don't know what I'm doing yet. I'm learning new skills. I'm vulnerable. I'm a little bit afraid. I'm not exactly sure what's happening, but I've got to have some type of faith that I'm going to get through this. And there's going to be a point where I feel like I've got my feet on the ground again. Mm-hmm. That's the weirdness. And a way to be able to be okay in that space is to funnel in in a mindful way so that you can focus on something that can distract you while you're going through the weird place. I think that that is a really good point. And I think that uh, an additional piece of that funneling is for me last week, I started to take a look at what I was allowing myself to be exposed to in terms of media and stories and whatnot. And one of the things that I found that um, really, really helped me, I I think I told you, and I don't know if I said it on the show, but I was really struggling for a little bit with um, wanting to drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. And it's not usually something that I struggle with. And I'm like, it's just because it's so weird. It's just because whatever. But what I realized was I was allowing myself. So when I got into this, you know, we're all watching the Tiger King and we're all on our phones all the time and we're, you know, exposed to all this media. I started following a whole bunch of new, like, funny meme places, Mm -hmm. right? And they were sending me probably 50 to 60% just super funny memes about the Tiger King and about the quarantine and about whatever. And then they were probably sending me about 10% of, you know, just irrelevant ads and, you know, stuff that I could easily gloss over. And then the remaining percentage was super fun glorifying alcohol party posts Mm -hmm. and how much fun it is to drink and be you know like boozy during quarantine and whatever like and really glorifying that and I didn't realize how much it was affecting me mm-hmm. until like one day I was scrolling and I and I saw one of them and I'm like this 
Mm-hmm. I need to funnel this out. I need to take this out Good of for you. of what like. And it, actually, I thought of you, Heather, because you've told me before that you can't follow certain groups. You know that you know, like eating groups. You right. know, like the Tallahassee Foodies. It's a wonderful, wonderful website where they tell us all about good restaurants, and it makes you hungry. Um, but for you. It's a temptation that you don't allow yourself. Right. And so for me, I unfollowed all of those things, and it helped me funnel down, and I haven't, I haven't thought about it again since. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, I need to get rid of all that stuff. So funneling down and just being mindful of what you're allowing in to what, what you're allowing to pour into the top of your funnel so that you can focus down to a good output point that, yeah. that makes sense for you and that feels more comfortable. I'm so happy that that happened for you in that in that process that you were that you noticed you felt weird that you noticed that one of your instincts was to slap on the band-aid of of alcohol mm-hmm. this is going to make me feel less weird mm-hmm. and then you said nope I've learned that is not a long-term strategy for me mm-hmm. and I'm getting that out yeah and I mean like there were a couple days that I you know, I can have a glass of wine once in a while, but there were a couple of days that I had more than a cup, than a glass of wine. And, and I was like, I don't like, it doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't solve any of my problems. I don't want that to be a part of my strategy, you know? And so I started thinking about why, why am I like, what's making it seem like a possible good idea? You know what? And, you know, and the, the memes and stuff weren't helping the advertising, the, how much fun this is, the glory, you know, also the, old coping tools from, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day in my, in, you know, several years ago in the toolbox were just like, this is the way to escape. You right. know, this is the way to, you know, you're, you ain't thinking about anything when you're in a blackout. You know what I mean? And I, like, I really wanted to allow myself that. I really wanted to allow myself that escape, but I knew that that's not the right, you know, like, and that's where that mindfulness came in. You know, I, I know things are weird. I have to just accept that this is the way things are. I have to learn to live healthily within this weird place. So what did you do instead? Um, gosh, what did I do instead? I I don't know. I guess that I probably got out more and ran more. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did a lot more running. I um, listened to music a lot. You know, that's something that I mm-hmm. do. You know, I connect with people. Mm-hmm. Like, all the same things that I did initially when I stopped yeah. drinking. I even considered, which I've never done before. I've never done, like, a like a sober people group or mm-hmm. anything. But um, I found that, for me, it was enough just to get out of the alcohol is fun and indulgent thing that I didn't need to counteract right. into, a, like... But, like, that's what actually made me realize that I was seeing too much, yeah. you know, alcohol is the most fun thing because I started thinking like, do I need a sober group? I'm seeing all this, you know, drunk fun, you know, do I need something else? And then I'm like, wait, I could stop seeing the drunk fun. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? I could just stop looking at this. And I, I think it was just, you know, just that mindfulness and taking a step back and remembering mm-hmm. who I am and who I want to be. Exactly. You know? And I think that for some who, who don't have within reach what that is, um, you know, a, a good thing to have on hand would be, you know, a yoga, a yoga practice for mm-hmm. 10 minutes. That's nice. You know, yeah. to take, you know, even if you set a timer on your phone or someplace where you set, you decided I'm going to sit in this chair and I'm going to look at the clouds or I'm going to pet my cat and really pay attention to the different colors of my cat's fur 
or I'm going to pet my dog and really feel the velvety softness of my dog's ears. Mm -hmm. And the reason why that step is so important is because not only does it distract you from the negative response that you were pulled into, right? Yeah, it calms your brain down Mm -hmm. because of because you're being mindful and you're deliberately doing something that is yes, a distraction from the bad thing you didn't want to do or the unproductive thing you didn't want to do. But it's also a calming exercise. Mm -hmm. And so not only are you not having the drink or you're not having the snack, you're also doing something that is designed to calm your heart and calm your mind. Yeah, you're achieving that same escape in a different way, in a healthy way. Exactly. And that, I mean, I, I... Today, I'm grateful that I had the experiences that I had two and a half, three years ago. Right. Because, Like you said, you know, people who have been through trauma and who have already learned techniques are probably having an easier time, exactly. you know, and I've been through a lot of trauma, yeah. you know, and I've learned a lot of coping skills and this is definitely an opportunity to employ those exactly. skills. That's mm-hmm. exactly where I was going. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a third step. So the first step is let it be weird. It's going right. to be weird. Got Things it. are weird. Mm-hmm. You know, weird is allowed. Uh, Things have been weird before we got here, and they're going to continue to be weird, and it's okay to admit that it feels weird. Uh, And then the second step is to um, respond to the weirdness with some type of a mindful exercise Mm -hmm. that not only distracts you, but calms and soothes you in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. And so when you start noticing that you're feeling weird, you're in the doorway, everything's loud and chaotic, and you don't know how to deal, deal with it, get mindful. Mm-hmm. really focus in on something soothing and calming that's healthy. And then there's the third step. And the third step is welcome the weird. Got it. Welcome the weird. Mm-hmm. When you see the weird stuff coming, partner with the weird. I had a friend who used to say this, and I loved this quote, and I have adopted it as a mantra, which is, um, I greet each, each moment as it comes. No, wait. I, I see each moment as it comes and greet it as a friend. I like that. And I'm I, smirking at you because... I always mess up the quote. You always have a quote and you always mess it yeah. up. And God, I love you for it. I always have the gist of it, though. Let me just tell you a wrong version of a quote. Yeah. Like, I want t-shirts made that say, that say that. <laughs> I can tell you the gist of it. Okay, say it again. Say it again so I can oh really gosh. listen. Sorry. Um, I was so distracted by you messing it up and how cute I that was. I welcome each moment as it comes and greet it as a friend. Gotcha. And so here's the thing, guys. It was weird in 1869. It was weird in 1918. It was weird way before those times, too. And it's going to be weird now, and it's going to be weird in the future. Weird is where we live. Mm-hmm. It is how we respond to the weirdness, allowing the weirdness to exist without us having to have a solution for it, being able to calm ourselves in the process of things being weird, sitting in the middle of it, and then welcoming the weird, working with the weird, partnering with the weird, figuring out how do I live with the weird, not distracting myself from it, not making it be quiet not putting a band-aid over it until it's over. But how do I dance with the weird? I think that that really ties beautifully back to our last episode where we were talking about um, getting to this, like, quiet place of acceptance with yes. our with our grief. And, you know, like you said, not, not a band-aid. 
you know, like a real coping skill and that collective grief idea that we were talking about, Mm -hmm. that we're all in this together. We can all learn and grow from this. We can all develop better skills and better conversation around um, how we're doing this and how to do it right and how to not deal with it with uh, smoking marijuana and drinking alcohol and, you know, the quarantine 15 and mm-hmm. and all those kind of things you know i i think that's uh i think that's pretty good let's learn to live with it let's learn to sit with it and we can you know in our um in an episode last week you um brought up the concept of natural selection mhm mm-hmm. i wonder whether there is natural selection happening during this process but it's in the way that we adapt to strange weird circumstances There are going to be some people who dramatically change the way that they live as a result of this in good ways. They are going to shed what was not working for them, and they are going to adapt new resilient habits. Business owners are going to abandon the old way, and they're going to create new businesses that we didn't even know could exist before now. Mm -hmm. There are people who are going to see the opportunity and take it and elevate their life Mm -hmm. there are people who are going to take the vision board that they created and they're going to tear it up and throw it out and start over yeah and there are some who are not going to be able to do that that's true Mm -hmm. and i wonder if those are the ones who are going to be left behind oh i don't know and i wonder if our listeners can decide for themselves which category they want to be in and which one they're going to be in Mm-hmm. Are you going to dance with the weirdness? Are you going to adapt and live in this brave new world? Or are you going to wait for things to go back to normal? Yeah, girl. And that's all I got right now. I like it. I like it very much. And um, I would like to hear what our listeners have to say about how they are adapting and how they, you know, I, I want to hear about your dance with the weird out there so go on instagram go on facebook go on our website chrissy and heather comment like this show share this show do all the things that have to do with this show and until the next time that we get to speak with you i hope that you're living with your weird and doing your thing show us your weird living with the weird dance moves until next time bye deep voice guy how'd we do i think you ladies did absolutely fabulous And for those of you looking to increase your dosage, make sure to connect with The Chrissy and Heather Show on Facebook and Instagram.